Do you have pain in your thumb and or wrist while using your smartphone? Well, you're not alone as this is actually quite common and typically the result of a condition called de Quervain's tenosynovitis. In today's episode, I'll discuss a recent research study that explored the prevalence of this condition specific to smartphone usage, and then I'll discuss what you can try now to alleviate the discomfort while continuing to use your smartphone. Welcome to the Fit Rehab Podcast, a podcast dedicated to delivering practical fitness and rehab content for managing physical wellness within a busy lifestyle. I'm your host, Brian Ivey, occupational therapist, personal trainer, and board-certified specialist in rehabilitation of the hand and upper extremity. So what is de Quervain's tenosynovitis? De Quervain's tenosynovitis is a condition that affects two tendons that control movement of the thumb. The abductor pollicis longus is a tendon that moves your thumb away from your palm, and the other tendon, the extensor pollicis brevis, moves your thumb backward as if you're giving your thumbs up. Both of these tendons reside in a small tunnel in the wrist with a thick ligament that serves as the roof of the tunnel, just like how the carpal tunnel has a thick ligament as its roof, except this is on the side of the wrist instead of the front. Both of these tendons also pass through their own individual tunnel called a sheath, which helps to keep them lubricated to reduce friction as they glide against each other and through the tunnel. When either one of the tendons and or the sheath becomes irritated, it can increase friction against each other and trigger a vicious cycle of pain and irritation. This is a very common injury, especially in today's society, with the highest prevalence in women between the ages of 30 and 50 years old. Recent research suggests this is because of hormonal differences, especially estrogen, that make women more susceptible to inflammation than men, and the associated changes that occur during pregnancy and postpartum, such as joint laxity, fluid retention, and soft tissue edema. Parents of infants and caregivers of infants, such as daycare employees, are also at increased risk for developing this condition due to the repetitive nature of lifting an infant with thumb pointed up. But as our world has evolved to where we now do so much from our smartphone, this condition seems to be becoming even more common, and thus smartphones have become a new suspect for thumb and wrist pain. So to look further into this topic, I dived into recent research and to see if any has been published that links smartphones to de Quervain's tenosynovitis. In doing so, I came across this study that was published just last year in 2023, and I'd like to share it with you today. First, I'll discuss what the authors of the study reported, and then I'll share with you my interpretation of the study and results, and more importantly, how I feel you can use the information to continue using your smartphone, but with less pain and discomfort if you're experiencing such, or to protect yourself from making the condition worse, or prevent it altogether if you're not yet experiencing any of the symptoms. So without further ado, let's get to the article. The title of the article is Smartphone Usage Behaviors and Their Association with De Quervain's Tenosynovitis Among College Students, a cross-sectional study in Guangxi, China. The authors looked at the link between cell phone usage and a positive Finkelstein's test, which is a test that is commonly used to diagnose de Quervain's tenosynovitis. Their study included 937 college students with an average age of 20 years old. 
Out of these 937 students, just over half of them, or 52%, tested positive for dequervine's tenosynovitis. What they also found was that those subjects that tested positive on the Finkel science test average about an hour and a half to two hours more time per day scrolling through their phone than those that tested negative. For the subjects that use their phone for no more than two hours per day, 23% tested positive for dequervings. That rate doubled to 46% for participants that use the phone between four and six hours per day, and then more than tripled for those that used it longer than eight hours per day. But to me, these stats weren't particularly surprising as I already suspected that more time doing a repetitive activity such as scrolling through the phone would lead to a higher prevalence of injury. But what was surprising to me, though, was to read that there was no significant difference between gender in regard to which subject tested positive and which tested negative. As, like I spoke about earlier, women are generally at higher risk for this injury due to those aforementioned reasons. The study also looked at differences in how the phone is held. They concluded that the odds for developing dequervings are almost doubled when holding the phones with both hands and using both thumbs to scroll, which, of course, isn't particularly surprising either, as you're essentially doubling your chances by using both thumbs instead of the one. But what was interesting, though, was that there wasn't much difference in the odds for developing dequervings when considering whether the phone was vertical or horizontal. Just testing it on myself and how I scroll through my phone, I would have thought holding the phone vertically would have lessened the risks more than it apparently did, as there seems to be less activation of one of the effect attendants when operating it with the phone vertical versus horizontal. But perhaps that's just me and how I scroll, and that's part of the fascinating aspects of research, especially when you have a good sample size. You can really dive into the numbers and learn some things that might challenge you to think more about what you're doing and telling others instead of solely making decisions based on assumptions. So what is the safest position to hold the phone, you ask? Well, from this study, it appears as though that would be holding the phone vertically in one hand and using the opposite index finger to scroll. The next safest position appears to be holding the phone vertically in one hand and using the opposite thumb to scroll, as the prevalence rate was only slightly higher than when using the index finger instead. So the take-home message that I'd like to leave you with today is that pain in the wrist and or thumb while using a smartphone appears to be more so dependent on the amount of time spent scrolling through the phone and how the phone is held rather than whether you are male or female. So finding ways in which you could lessen the overall time you spend actively scrolling or texting on the phone might help to relieve your symptoms. So for example, using the talk to text feature or asking Siri to open a page for you or set the timer or to give you an answer to a question so you don't have to scroll through pages of results. You know, really exploring the hands-off features of your phone or earbuds to limit the repetitive stress on your wrist. Also, try scrolling with your index finger and rest the phone on a surface when doing so, if applicable. If you must hold the phone, try holding it in the opposite hand and scroll with your index finger. Holding and scrolling with the thumb 
appears to put us at the highest risk for injury. One last thing you could try is using kinesiology tape to relieve your pain. Past clients of mine have reported good relief of pain while wearing the tape. It could become another tool in your toolbox to help you heal and move on from this injury. If interested in trying the kinesiology tape, I'll attach a link to the blog post for this episode. And in that post, I'll include a video demonstration of how to apply the tape yourself. If you'd like to read the transcript for this episode, as well as see photos of the phone positions I referred to earlier, I'll include those in that same post as well. So again, just click the link in the description. It'll take you right there. Lastly, if you found this episode helpful, please give me a follow here and on Instagram at Fit Rehab Online for more helpful tips and resources and to stay updated on when new content arrives. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Fit Rehab Podcast. The Fit Rehab Podcast is a service of Optimal Living Solutions. The information in this podcast is not to be interpreted as substitution for physician consultation, evaluation, and or treatment. You are advised to consult with a physician before you undertake any physical exercise program. If you experience any chest discomfort or irregularities in your heart rate or breathing, stop exercising and consult a physician immediately. Optimal Living Solutions makes no guarantees with regard to outcomes you will experience from information provided within this podcast, including but not limited to resolution of pain and or symptoms, the amount of weight you may gain or lose, or the rate at which such weight loss or weight gain will occur.